really, really important to make sure you empower your staff and you make them feel good about thinking out loud. You know, get things out of their way, empower them to, to do a wonderful uh, job together, lead by example, and you can't fail to do you know, this kind of job I'm doing probably pretty well. Hello and welcome to the Customer Experience Show. On this episode, we talk to Simon Harrison, the Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Avaya. In this interview, Phil talks to Simon about how his background as a project manager has helped him succeed as a customer experience leader, what CX looks like in the future as we transition to an experience economy, and much more. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by IBM. If you are responsible for customer experience, we created a white paper just for you. In the CX North Star Report, you can learn more about how to activate your CX vision. Download it with the link in the show notes. As customer experience leaders, we all hope that our work is making the world a slightly better place at the end of the day. Most of us do that by creating better experiences for our customers. But Simon Harrison is able to have an even bigger impact than that. And that's because he's in charge of customer experience at a company that helps create experiences for others. When he succeeds, not only do the companies he works with have a better experience, but their customers do as well. Well, Avaya really is um, the, the largest global communication and collaboration provider in the world. I'd go so far as to say that. We have over 8,000 staff. We're in 90% of the Fortune 100 uh, uh, companies and we're a market in about 190 countries um, I always like to talk about how we uh, perhaps to define the scale of the company we pay payroll in 52 currencies so we really are you know across the globe helping in lots of ways people connect to be you know collaborative uh, and to help their customers I'm pretty proud to be part of what well, is a wonderful place to be uh, working at Avira actually that's awesome. That's the first time I've heard someone uh, describe the scale of the company in terms of the number of currencies for payroll, which must be <laughs> mind-boggling for the uh, the finance and accounting team. But uh, it gives a real feel for the scale of the reach of the of the eight thousand staff, which actually seems small for the level of 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 impact that you have. So, how do you describe the your company's mission and, and your role in that? Well, we, we really are all about, um, we're an experience company. Um, we, we, we have a strap line that we, we really do deliver on, and that's around uh, experiences that matter. And when we talk about experiences, we are very much focused on those experiences being memorable, because it's all about feelings. And, you know, very, very simply, customer experiences about how you make people feel, right? So, so our mission uh, really is to, to deliver on that promise uh, with the right technologies that empower perhaps staff to apply discretional effort uh, that really translates to you know uh, things that matter to people to really map matter to people in terms of those experiences that we can we can empower companies to deliver. That's really what we're all about. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. It seems to also matter at multiple levels, right? Like you have your own, your direct customers. Um, well, let's see, when we break this down, often we break this down in terms of saying 
there is the experience for the direct customer and the experience for the user or the customer of that customer. And then there is the internal, internal customer, right? There, because there are layers to um, customer customers, folks that you serve and experiences that you provide. Can you talk a little bit how you think about the layers of the experiences that you deliver? Yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, customer experience, um, experiences that matter are those memorable ones for the right reasons, right? And that means it's very much about feeling. So technology is an enabler, but CX means figuring out how to make people feel better about what you're expecting them to do when they engage. And that, that really, you know, that really means understanding customer journeys in, in quite precise detail. You know, if you're an online apparel company, how do you think about your customers feeling about way, the ways in which you let them engage? Does the buying process feel good? Is it effortless enough? And effortless is absolutely crucial, of course, because delighting customers, as a lot of people talk about, is, is a never ending, um, you know, chase to what I would describe as to, to move the bar up on what's expected as the next normal experience and, it, and it's costly. So are you doing enough to make people feel good about the way you married engagement options as well, such as you know, offering a transactional banking app or a self-service feature or chat capabilities to the customer service or sales job that the customer is trying to fulfill? You know, these are all essential uh, things that you have to think about in terms of how to make the customer feel better. And are you thinking about um, you know, the, 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 the essential realization that customer experience is organizational wide? It's not just a boxed off you know, from the rest of the old contact center in the old days. The digital workplace includes your customer experience center staff and that all important disillusion of the front and back office divide is absolutely essential. So everybody can, can be a customer experience agent. I would also add that the explosion in devices now, such as home devices, smartwatches and wearables, and those supporting different modalities beyond voice and text, you know, gestures and natural language understanding, personal assistance and so forth, make this evolved experience economy challenge you know, really that much harder to solve for. So I guess perhaps I might describe customer experience in, in one sentence as being many things coming together to, 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 uh, to deliver those memorable engagements that matter to people um, and, and, and really thinking about the technology as an enabler, not the entirety of the solution, you know, really being the, the thing that, that empowers you to, to do this wonderful uh, customer experience um, you, know, so, you know, sort of thing for your customers, basically. Sure, that sounds, that makes a lot of sense, right? It sounds like your, uh, the company exists, its focus is, is helping others to deliver experience. And you deliver, you help them deliver that experience by actually delivering a great experience. So there, there are layers to the, to the, to the customer discussion, right? What I heard was, it was really a really great description of your company's mission, how you serve these different companies who are solving all these different challenges around serving customers. They say, we need to learn how to do this. You have the technology, you have the expertise to help us make these things happen. And there, there seemed to me though, that there might be like that other layer that I was talking about, 
from you to the customer, who is probably the CXO of one of these different companies or the CXO team of that, and then them to their um, constituents. Can you share a little bit how you talk about the how you talk about the layers or how you about think about the differences between internal customer experience and external customer experience? As an experiences company, we have a relentless focus on, um, as you've touched on, practicing what we preach. So that becomes um, effectively, if you have engaged and empowered staff, so if they enjoy great experiences, that directly Mm -hmm. translates to our customers having great experiences. And inherently, we demonstrate uh, to companies that we're supporting how to do good, you know, great you know, customer experience, right? That's just, so, so we, we practice what we preach. Um, in terms of the layers, you know, uh, we, 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 we have realized, you know, the benefits of our technology in, internally, such as the via spaces to um, create things that, like Tiger Teams, uh, to, you know, to create fusion teams that have more of a connected goal and how the, the, you know, the technology empowers a team of people now to do more than they ever would have through, by, you know, through combining communications channels with a specific um, you know, objective that's defined as such in the application. So it's a, we call it a space and the space is dedicated to you know, how we're going to help this particular customer or how we're going to help this particular uh, solve, you know, solve this particular problem. And, and that then being complemented with, with clever tools uh, that perhaps really come from the project management round or, uh, world around, you know, task management and, and activities and so on uh, to form the basis of a, of a way to um, support um, the various layers the many things, the many cogs that turn in getting a customer to our solution, getting them to realize the value of our technology. So we have, we have I guess, um, we, we're in that rather luxurious position of being able to, to really show how the technology can be quite transformative in, 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 in almost you know, you know, flattening these layers, making it such that the end-to-end experience is, is more effortless um, through the technology that we create to help customers do that themselves. We, we use it ourselves and, and it makes a massive difference in delivering on our promise of experiences that matter. Well, that's, um, that's deep, right? <laughs> um, because there's often in organization success, you have to think about people, process, and systems. And what I've heard you say from the system side is that the technology is an, is an enabler. Having great tech, technology tools is critical to your business, but the technology is, is, an, is an enabler of the, of the people and the processes in which they use. And what I think I'm hearing is because your teams use the technology, because your teams use the system, they build great processes because you eat your own dog food, right? And you bring that to the to the customers as, as well. You you show it as well as as well as do it, which is actually, I think, a form of a form of leadership. So if if I'm following that thread right, you are trying to lead an organization of eight thousand people who are trying to, to lead, you know, hundreds of of companies, ninety percent of the Fortune one hundred. How do you lead? this this group is there is there something that because you're so much learning and growing and, and leading an experience that leadership is different say than in 
in previous organizations you've been in or in previous roles? I think when you live and breathe the thing that you're trying to help the world uh, with, inherently you become a bit of an expert um, in not just delivering on the promises of today, but starting to figure out where this is going, what the trend looks like. And so we do, I guess, as a, as a leadership team, spend an awful lot of time you know, figuring out um, what, what, what is the, 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 the most important next uh, you know, iteration of, of whether it's technology, whether it's the way people think, the way people are achieving their goals. And that becomes a common part of most conversations, right? It just becomes prolific. We end up, uh, no matter what we're doing in the business, we end up talking about, um, you know, you know, how to just keep getting better and better and better, and realizing the, um, the you know, the power of the innovations to deliver on not just today's promises but what's coming next. And so we have a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, you know, of great minds in the company. Uh, we have a lot of, we, we use research heavily. We do an awful lot of, you know, working with key and leading um, the, uh, you know, you, you, uh, the world in terms of trends type uh, analyst companies to, to inform a lot of what we think is good, understanding what good looks like. We do an awful lot of incorporating what it is that customers want to share with us. We, we are important listeners. We, we don't, we are, we are we're involving customers in the solution. We're not just keeping them at arm's length and, uh, and asking the question about how to do things better. We make them part of the solution. And, and all of these things form, you know, uh, you know the, 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 I guess the, the overarching way I'd describe them, you know, the, the leadership team comes together to deliver on uh, our, our promises today and where, where we're headed in terms of the future. I'm not sure if I've quite answered your first question there, Phil, but you know, let me know if, if I'm on the right path. No, I think it's great. I'm, I'm, well, the thought that came to mind that said, you're in a great position to be listening to what's going on around the world, literally, on this topic of customer experience, learning, sharing, researching, and sharing that insight in, with people in the way that you build and execute project, products, but also share some thought leadership. And what I heard was the leadership is really engaged in the study and practice of what it means to create a great experience, which I think is, which is pretty impressive. Um, the question that comes next to me though, is like, how do you share the thought leadership? I'm surely it comes into the products and sharing the design and execution of the products, but are there other ways? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, if you want to be successful in any business in today's economy, you've got to embrace the importance of sort of an educational cell so that your customers, you know, you're making them as good as, as you are. You're helping them to understand things maybe even better than you do so that they come to the, the conclusions that just that just point them towards what it is that you're you're trying to help them to, to understand that's going to make such a big difference in their goal in, in achieving their goals or or solving their problems you know, the the thought leadership is is surfaced in, in in my humble opinion in 
in a in lots and lots of ways it has to be whether it's you know the feet on the street the sales guys talking about things connecting dots through to the product leadership and then perhaps uh, someone like myself standing on stage wanting to inspire people there's a common thread of you know let, let, let me just help you understand what what's really important to know and 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 let me give that some credence let me let me get you know, just bear with me so i I help you understand why that really is important and why it's really going to be good for you guys to go back to your business, say, get everyone in the, in the, in the boardroom. We need to have a chat about what we've just heard from Avaya. So we, 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 we very much lean on and, and perhaps fashion the way that we, we carve out our success uh, uh, on, on thought leadership being our, you know, our lead, the leading part of the, the conversation. And then we kind of, we end up, we land somewhere along the line at, ah, okay, here's the technology, here's the solution that's, that's going to make the most difference for you, that's going to be the most important for you. But it really is about that, you know, let, let, let me just bear with me while I, I just share a few really important thoughts about the way the world is unfolding, the way the experience economy is changing, what it is that customers are, are starting to show that they really want, and need and how. I want to listen to you. I want to hear about your plight. And then I want to kind of dovetail into that a few things that might help inform your decision process where you then come to us and say, you know what? I want to uh, I, 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 I want to buy that because this is absolutely a no-brainer and Avaya, you are absolutely the right company to help us with this this ambition. And I really like the way you say the that uh, you know bear with me while I share this with you sort of phrase because I think it probably helps set people in a mindset where they're listening. They're not just listening, right? They're you're you're co-voyaging, right? You're sharing. Um, you're sharing an experience, you're sharing an insight to help someone connect the dots, right? And that's something we try and do here a lot to try and connect the dots. So I'm curious, like, how did you get here, both individually as, as a team? How much does your, your Gartner background influence the research, research process or, or other experience influence your research process and your individual contribution to the culture and practice at Avaya? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a great question. I like to think that all of my experiences to date inform the effectiveness of what, you know, of what I can do today. The, the, very early in my career, I was a consultant. I was a contact center in unified communications technology, technology consultant. I worked for companies like NTL, now Virgin Media, and Siebel Systems, now Oracle. Um, and I guess during my time at Siebel Systems, around 2001, customer experience started to become something we were obviously heading for. Uh, but the number of touch points people were using in their everyday lives was still pretty low. It was phone calls, perhaps some email maybe starting to see some SMS engagement. Um, and as the momentum grew and businesses realized customers needed what channels, uh, you know, well, sorry, they, they realized that customers decided what channels a company should support rather than themselves, else they might go and, you know, decide that that's enough of a shortcoming to go and, and engage with another business. I continued to ride the wave of, of, evolution towards this customer experience, you know, term that we use every day uh, today. Um, 
I guess, uh, you know, as I mentioned I, earlier in my career, I was a contact center and unified communications technology consultant. And as is pretty typical in this kind of role, being so intimate with how things work, you can't help but decide that the technology can do better. It's just a, it's a better compli. You're going to end up with that, that kind of conclusion. And it's whether you decide the ambition to change things is significant enough in you for you to push on into a role where it may be a bit out of your comfort zone, but you could make a difference. And I took the leap and worked hard to become uh, perhaps somewhat of a success as a product manager. And I discovered in doing so, I really enjoyed selling and marketing how these technologies could, could deliver great customer service. And then, and then you know, I, would, I would say then that you know, as the experience economy started to boom, with a focus on creating memorable customer experiences in particular, I became a fan of CX and ultimately pretty well versed in it um, to achieve you know, in, in what it took to achieve great customer experiences. So when I joined Gartner as an analyst, I got straight into the research, firstly to validate quite a few of my perspectives. And then, and then you know, lots of discussions with clients helped me to truly discover what people wanted to hear about and why. And I was more excited than ever to discover that the world has so much potential it is yet to fulfill in delivering memorable customer experiences. Um, and I, I, you know, perhaps one of the most important lessons that I learned about ex in, in customer experiences that is that one I touched on earlier, that, that you know, employee experience powers customer experience. If you don't have engaged and empowered staff, you really are going to struggle to deliver those memorable customer experiences. So I've, I, I, I gleaned an awful lot in my roles with realizations like that and was you know, given the privilege of, of helping people uh, solve lots of problems with their you know, customer experience problems and realize their ambitions to, to empower me to take all of that and start to, um, uh, you know, have, well, I guess realize a bigger stage to, to, to shout about it and to help people uh, and to inspire people to realize what is not only the art of the possible today, but what is coming, what's exciting about what's coming and, uh, and start to plot a path with still a bit of a thought leadership hat, hat on to the future and get people excited about that too. All of my experiences to date really do inform my ability to do this job as CMO for Avaya today, actually. For those of us who are looking to get into CX a little later in their careers, Simon is a great example. He showed that you can make that transition and you don't have to leave behind all the lessons you learned along the way. For example, Simon's background as a product manager has helped him to be prepared to understand and thrive in the experience economy. Yeah, I mean, the, the, we're in an experience economy absolutely categorically um, uh, you know, without question, it, everything we do is about great experiences. As people, we've become really difficult as customers. The I describe us as the everything customer. We want to have our cake and we want to eat it. We really do. Um, we want uh, to be connected, relentlessly connected. But actually, when it suits us, we want to be left alone entirely we want to be treated the same as everyone else 
but by the way, treat me, treat me uniquely. Uh, expect me and, you know, behave in a way where I'm expected, know me, but I want you to treat me as I was unexpected. Don't be too presumptuous. And I want fully featured, rich, really powerful, you know, application capabilities, but I want them to be effortless too. And effortless is crucial, right? So we are, as a customer to solve for, we're a real pain. And, and then as I've, as I've touched on the explosion in devices, uh, and it really is, it's caught, up, caught us off guard, you know, like a toad in, in, in boiling water, it's suddenly upon us that I've got, you know, my dad talking to, to one of my you know, favorite home devices to get things done. And yet he can't send me a text message on a phone. I've got mm. you know, the most absolutely against no way the smartwatch is ever going to take off two years ago now wearing one and swears by it religiously so we've we've got so much that's suddenly upon us uh, that de demonstrates an evolved experience economy and what i find fascinating is a lot of of, of companies out there I'm, i might mention avaya competitors are still talking about solutions from decades ago, you know, when, mm. when call centers became contact centers or when multi-channel became omni-channel, they're still talking about the solutions in, in that world as though they're the right solutions for today. Avira is absolutely categorically carving out the future and delivering solutions that really do help with today's experience economy challenges and ambitions. We think about things like the composable enterprise, being able to compose solutions at the edge using knowledge at the edge to do something, to create something now in minutes and hours, not a monolithic application that you get a huge people in, in a room to design, create this thing and they go, there you go, Mr. Customer. We're much more in the, you know, let's, let's build something. We've got a powerful application platform that's all cloud-based. We have an extensible ecosystem. It's multi-cloud. It can support an array of, of existing environments and cloud deployment models, whether you're going via Amazon Web Services, Microsoft Azure, Google, you know, cloud platform or whatever. And, and, and we are entirely focused on let's, you know, build some of those customer journeys. It's all about feelings. And let's wrap that around um, the tools we're providing to enable you to compose, to deliver not only differences in experience, but actually change your business models. And I can give you a bit of an insight about, about that. One of the things I find really interesting now, I'm a bit of an, you know, I never used to realize what it was that was so special about Amazon. <laughs> I never got it. And then more recently, I started to realize, Okay, I better I better see what what I'm missing out on, and I ended up with a few of these devices at home, and I've got this particular home device got a little orange circle spinning around it, and I'm thinking, what's that mean? So I speak to it and I say, what's that about? I've got nothing being delivered, I've got no messages. Oh, I've got an alert. This particular alert says, Simon, we've noticed that one of the items in your favourites list is now half price. Would you like me to order it? Now that is staggering. I mean, I'm walking mm -hmm. around the flat whilst I'm doing it. I can just say, yep, 
get me the deal of a century by just shouting out to this device. Mm-hmm. That's a complete, complete shift in business model that's empowered by the ability to compose these solutions at the edge. I can create my own uh, skills using this, this, this home device to do fun, uh, strange things. So yeah, we, we are, um, yeah, we, we are very much embroiled in the, the potential on how to realize what is wonderful about uh, you know, this evolved experience economy, the opportunities that it provides. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing all that. I think that really, really brings to the fore a couple things, right? First, the description of the composable enterprise. Second, like your, your ethos around experimentation and curiosity and learning that which you, which you don't to really um, apply it to something that could be really helpful for a customer. And if that's, if that's the ethos that you espouse, it's great and, and relates back to what you were talking about in terms of empowering people inside of the organization. I had a similar Amazon experience with my first Zappos experience. Mm. And I went from being curious and skeptical about Zappos to being an advocate in one, one, one instance, in one purchase. And the purchase didn't happen in one day. It happened over the course of several weeks because the person followed up with me, did research on the product, came back and, and, and connected with me, showed me what to buy and how to buy it. And I was like, that's an incredible experience that it kind of blew my mind. And it, it tackles like what you were talking about, the technology component and the human, human empowerment moment to, to come together yeah. to create this, this experience that you're talking about. Yeah, Zappos was, uh, what, a, what, a, what a story. You know, he actually was offering to pay people to leave the company. If you don't feel good about the importance of how being an engaged staff member, staff member, and the empowerment we're trying to give you, then we want to pay you actually on day one to go and work somewhere else because it's you're not the kind of person we want. And it was fascinating that they never really lost any staff. They they, mm-hmm. they wanted to be there. They wanted to be part of this engagement and empowerment ambition, and and to realise what was a new way to to uh, to help customers. And I, and I, you know, it's just the beginning. When it comes to the composable enterprise, what we're really talking about is addressing the technical debt. You know, there's a lot of companies out there that are really struggling to try and make legacy applications and the solutions that they've invested in until now. Again, as I say, this this thing's crept up on all of us. It's suddenly here, and, and we're sat here thinking, "Wait a sec, we're still talking about omnichannel. What happened there then?" and and you know, so so companies are really taking uh, advantage of the ability to exploit the benefits of an API economy. So if you think about AI, right? Everyone talks about how important AI is. Now I have an interesting perspective. You know, machine learning is really what it's all about, and that's been around for what, sixty years. It's not new. What's new is the ability is compute power and storage, enabling us to make these these machine learning models more intelligent because it's in the name right machine learning they need to be trained and and the point with with, of ai is or the 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 realization with ai is that people have struggled struggled to exploit the benefits because they just can't figure out the use cases if you go to a customer experience leader and say right 
we're missing out here. There's a fear of missing out. We need to do something with AI. Everyone's saying it's going to save us money. It's going to improve experiences, whatever else. That CX leader doesn't understand enough about predictive analytics and the models to create. Where does he fit it? How or she fit it? He or she fit it in the existing technology stack. Where do they start? How do they start to figure this out? And in the customer experience center, there's been you know, some low hanging fruit. Oh, let's do a chat bot. Let's make some of those conversations automated. Let's do it in the IVR and so on. And we, it's sort of, you know, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the tail wagging the dog. It's, it's, a, it's a low hanging fruit where we can demonstrate some AI. But actually, what is the problem you're really trying to solve? How are you trying to solve it? And, and, and what is it that you really, you could be doing that's, that's gonna, again, transform the way you deliver experiences to realize the importance of, of delivering them better, more memorably, at the right moments when it comes to AI uh, as part of this evolved experience economy. And so all of that, all of that has forced businesses to embrace the power of the API economy. You don't do AI on premise, right? You just don't. You've got to train these models and they need to consume tons and tons of data. So you need Sorry, lots, you need lot, these models, forgive me, my local VPA is, is listening. Um, you, you, you need, you know, the, the, the AI has forced businesses to realize the importance of the API economy, right? They've had to embrace this, cloud-powered API economy thing because you don't put AI on-premise, right? You need to constantly feed it lots and lots of data, and then it gets better, it gets more intelligent, and it can do more for you. And so in doing so, they've started to learn things like, well, hold on, this, this API stuff is really powerful. We can do a lot with it. Um, one of the outcomes is communications platform as a service is now becoming very, very important. It's gone viral. And communications platform as a service is just another example of an API-based solution, but it's got baked into it all of that wonderful communication goodness. You can start phone calls, you can send messages, you can do all kinds of clever things with communication platforms, and you can make it as part of your what you decide to compose as the right solution to deliver that really true transformational experience for customers. So here we are now starting to use that word compose. And it's, it's, it's just a, it's an evolution for, you know, that, that's born of a number of cogs turning and a number of realizations. The power of cloud is not monolithic applications, right? When you installed apps in the past, these monolithic apps, that was because of the way the ecosystem afforded you the opportunity to get access to software. The power of cloud is, is, is gonna be, it's gonna become in the future that if you've got a glass ceiling on this app, then you cannot really truly exploit the power of a cloud application ecosystem. So it needs that, it really does need that composability to be core. Composability at the, at the, at the core of the application, composability at the edge, to define solutions, limitless solutions um, that, that provide that you know, sort of proactive, empathetic, hyper-personalized type of experience that customers now want in this evolved experience economy. It's a big deal. And, and Avira is really delivering on, again, the promises of, of how to realize the power of a, a composable enterprise. That's, that's really something that excites us.
Okay, Simon, you dropped a, a lot of really good stuff right there. I mean, um, so much. I mean, I think when you get to the end and you talk about how to define a limitless solution, that that probably you know gets people got me got me excited, got me really be thinking. And I and I also like the part where you say the power of the cloud is not in delivering monolithic applications, right? But making sure there's no glass ceiling on your app. Because if you go back to your Amazon experience, the ability to integrate all of those, all of that data in, in real time at a time where you, where the, the system, and I'll call it the system, right? The ecosystem maybe believes that you're amenable to having that conversation and saying, yeah, sure. Send me that, send me that thing on my wish list." right? It didn't just come at any old time. Yes. It didn't come in the middle of the night. It didn't come when you're having breakfast. It came at a time that probably made the most sense. The, the, the ability for all of that to come together and work, that's, a, that's an incredible um, amount of compo composition of those realizations that you're talking about. No, absolutely right, sir. I mean, that, that is a, what you're, you've summarized really quite nicely. Uh, this is something that is is not something born of a, of a uh, like I said before, uh, earlier on, of a bunch of engineers sitting in the room and defining a specific you know, monolithic app. It's based on a, an extraordinary array of, of, of cogs turning that are all complementary to deliver something that quite, quite frankly, I will use as a measure of the benefit of buying from Amazon. I've become sure. a fan of the brand and that's, that's really what you want, right? If you can get people to become a fan of your brand, then they're hanging around. They're not going to go anywhere. And they really are going to tell their friends, you, you need to be buying from Amazon. And it creates it creates an, an, an Amazon moment, an iPhone moment, a Zappos moment, a surprise <laughs> and delight into it moment where you yeah. go, wow, that was really something. It's more than just convenience. It's yeah. more than just price and selection. There's... There, it's pulling together all the things you describe that this really tricky customer wants, and delivering it at a point where somebody goes, "Wow, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty easy. I'm, I'm pretty. I gotta turn. I gotta tell somebody about this because this was great, right?" Yeah. The, the question I have though is goes back to your technical debt, mm -hmm. and for the sake of the, because probably, hopefully, there's a listener sitting here going, who's going, who's just kind of being aware that they're in this technical debt space, mm -hmm. that they're thinking, I thought I was cool because I put a chat bot on my website, right? Mm -hmm. And most of us are going, oh God, not another chat bot that doesn't help me get done what I want to do. And I get frustrated because it's already there. So do people need to go through the basics to get an awareness of their technical debt or be able to do something with it? Or are you trying to accelerate that understanding too through, through uh, how you deliver your products and services? Well, it, it's, I guess it comes back to a degree to that point I made earlier about the helping our customers to be as knowledgeable as us and, and, and making, as a result, making demands on us that enable us to then perhaps help with, with that technical debt. Because, I mean, for example, um, you know, we, we may get a reasonably narrow request. We want a contact center product or we want a unified communications solution. And, and the way that the customer is buying, it's reasonably narrowly focused on the set of ambitions. And to be fair to them, they're just kind of, you know, they're trying to create 
uh, uh, you know, they're using a bimodal approach of combining some older stuff, some legacy stuff that's homegrown maybe with some progressive innovation with they're kicking the tires of, of, of a particular cloud application ecosystem. Maybe they're doing some IoT. Maybe they're doing some things with AI. And, and it's almost as though they're trying to conduct a, a symphony with an orchestra of, of players that are all at mixed stages in, in their uh, you know, learning and how, 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 how well they've, they've you know, they, um, how, um, forgive me, how, how far they've come in terms of becoming the best at playing those instruments. And, but then that's complicated by how old is the instrument? Does it need to be replaced yet? Or is it always oh, that the latest and greatest and could it do something better for us? Could it improve the sound? You're trying to make this thing, you know, these CIOs, CTOs are trying to make the hugeness, the vastness of their technology stack with premise hosted, hybrid, public, private cloud solutions and across this org work really well and play that 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 song that play that 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 symphony in a way that just sounds the best possible it possibly could to its customers and so we we again we try to help them realize what it is that you know you, if you could take take a step back and look at this this whole picture there's ways in which a company like avaya can help with the whole, the entirety of what it is that they're trying to achieve. And um, again, connecting dots to customer experience being organizational wide. The, the solution to, 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 to helping customers really achieve wonderful things you know, um, is, is you have to have that entire organization you know, lens you have to think about all of these different stages and progress in terms of the technology stack. And you need to understand what is possible with what you've got, making use of what you've got there. That's important, right? What you think uh, is, is really good. We want to make sure you can take care of that. But we want to make sure that we're complementing in the right ways um, some of the power of this innovation that's delivered through perhaps a composable platform and so forth. So it's all about that. And I, I feel like I'll keep saying it and forgive me if I am, but it's all about that sort of, we want to help customers to really understand more about what's going on, why it's going on, what it is that it offers in terms of the opportunity and the potential, and that we do have the capabilities to support their ambitions in so many ways that they may not have thought about so that they are educated enough, and I'll use that word, to come back at us and go, you know what? I've got a great idea. This is going to solve a much bigger part of my problem than just that original narrow request for a contact center product or a UC product. So that's kind of how I uh, crudely describe, you know, um, helping customers to address their technical debt, perhaps. Wow, that that's a, a great uh, explanation. And um... I think highlights the importance of that conversation with the customer and conversation, education, ongoing relationship to get them to a point where they can really understand it, break it down and get beyond the initial barriers into seeing the state of the possible. I, I love it. 
Um, so we, I, I would love to continue this conversation for a long time. I know you're limited, and I'm sure that everybody here would uh, would love listening would like to hear more too. But we got to move to the red lightning round because uh, Simon's got to go back to work. Um, but um, so I have three questions normally in the lightning round. I killed one because uh, you already answered it. Um, I usually ask what's an example of your favorite or great experience. But so there are three um, three questions. We'll start with just real brief answers, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. Okay. 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 So the first one is: Is there a uh, favorite or upcoming uh, customer experience project, campaign, creation, or something that you're excited about? I'm going to have to be topical here and mention the COVID application that we built using a CPAS solution for um, Harris County Public Health. What a phenomenal um, achievement that was. Largest county in Texas, third largest county in the United States. And obviously they've been through some tough times recently in Texas, but it didn't stop the, um, the benefits of the application we provided around helping people to call in and use you know, AI, natural language understanding to support with diagnosing COVID symptoms, um, being identi identified as candidates using a HIPAA compliant integration to reach out and, and suggest, uh, you know, people are um, candidates for vaccines, tracking that whole process, the booking of it, follow-ups. And this was built in literally in hours it's not you know this is the power of a composable platform to create an, a, a, a user experience for the staff through to a, an extraordinary customer experience that 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 has absolutely transformed um harris county public health in fact the quote from uh from the customer is if it wasn't for avaya we don't know how we would have gotten ahead of the curve it, it's a fantastic uh, example Wow, that's that's super. That's a great emergence of uh, merging of technology and process to really deliver value. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, real quick because I know you're short on time. Um, two other questions: If there's one thing you could change about people's perception of the CXO or the role of customer experience at a company, what would it be? It's not about technology. Technology is the enabler. It's really about um, as, a, as a CXO or someone that's very passionate about customer experience as a, in a leadership role in a company, I'm really keen to talk about the customer journeys and understanding more about how to make people feel better, the memorable experiences over trying to sell them something. And so if there is that perception that I just want to sell a, you know, a CX technology, put that to one side and understand that typically in this kind of role, I really want to help people. Um, and and in as a as a fait accompli, you know, we have the technology in our pocket to to do it. That's just a benefit. Outstanding. Okay, last question for a current or aspiring listener. Uh, sorry, CXO who is a listener. Um, what lesson would you want them to take away from your experience as a CXO, as a CMO, CXO? I guess the one number one lesson for me is that you have to trust all the people around you. You have to encourage people to think out loud. One of the key benefits of our technology, again, I'll mention Avaya Spaces is, I have a marketing leadership team where they probably were reasonably nervous early on about just saying it, just, if they think it, they say it. And what happened was over time, they realized actually this is really 
powerful. This is really good. We surface more and more ways to help with messaging, to deliver a new help center for COVID, to create content and to connect with people in ways that we wouldn't have thought about when people were perhaps reasonably, not entirely, but reasonably narrowed, narrowed on, narrowed, narrowly focused on what it is that they need to do today over how it interlocks and connects with all of the people that are part of this motion to make this you know, really, really um, real difference in what we do, how we do it, and how we can help customers. So that really, really important to make sure you empower your staff and you make them feel good about thinking out loud, no, no stupid questions, all those kind of things, but, but uh, you know, get things out of their way, empower them to, to do a wonderful uh, job together, lead by example, and, uh, and, and, and you can't fail to do you know, this kind of job I'm doing probably pretty well. The last point he made was incredibly important. We can only directly influence so many of our customers. If we're going to build truly transformational customer experiences, we have to train our teams and then we have to trust them. Simon is showing what can be done when it comes to customer experience, the art of the possible. As Simon's career goes to show, if we remove our constraints and allow great customer experiences to scale, there's no limit to the impact we can have. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Customer Experience Show. This podcast is brought to you by IBM. If you are responsible for customer experience, they created a white paper just for you. In the CX Northstar report, you can learn more about how to activate your CX vision. Download it with the link in the show notes.